2: From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at jesuscomingsoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans, Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We begin our musical portion of our program with our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn, singing for us the song entitled, While Ages Roll. They will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Fantastic song choir. The men and women of our church band, under my direction, will play this awe inspiring song titled Praise Ye the Lord. <laughs> Soloist for this morning, Christy Hahn, will sing a song of praise and thanksgiving unto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the things he has done, is doing, and will continue to do for her. It is a beautiful song and an uplifting song titled, Why Me. Accompanying our soloist will be yours truly on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, trustee associate pastor Rich Senior and Mason Asano singing on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums.
0: Serve even one of the pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you? Or the kindness you've shown?
2: Word of God daily and putting Jesus first in your life is truly a walk down the path of righteousness. A course you can choose to do or not is a decision only you can make. Once again, our church choir will sing for us this wonderful song entitled, Let Me Touch the World.
1: So and to let me touch the wall.
2: this morning we have a trumpet ensemble playing for us a most befitting song for our program entitled, Come to the Savior. The time is now to seek the Lord, viewers, when salvation is full and free. This morning we have a group called the Saints in Harmony who will delight us in this fantastic song entitled Preach the Four Square Gospel. Accompanying our group will be Christy Hahn on the piano. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this magnificent song to Mr. and Mrs. Dennis and Betty Yee of Kalama Valley, Oahu. As you continue your walk with Jesus, may you continue to light your path towards Him and pour out bountiful blessings upon you and your family in this life and that to come. Have a happy and pleasant Sunday for square
3: we stand for the living Redeemer Glorious Savior Jesus of Calvary Reach the four-square gospel The four-square gospel Clear, let the four-square message ring Yeah. Word to witness leading to victory. Catch up your
0: shield, O ye living church, Christ of Galilee for all our sickness, carry our sorrows, set the bridge
3: Lift the fallen, help the faint, dry the weeping eye. Come to your sickness, to thy physician, for he is passing by. Preach the four-square gospel, the four-square gospel. Clear, let the four-square message ring. Gospel, the four square gospel Clear, let the four square message ring Jesus, only Savior, Baptizer and Healer Jesus, the coming King Preach the four square gospel The four square gospel Clear, let the four square message ring only Savior, Baptizer, and Healer, Jesus, the
4: Coming King. Greetings, in the sweet name of Jesus, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, station, locations in the continental United States for viewing audience, especially if you plan to visit or reside in California that these helicasts will now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on channel KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at jesuscomingsoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m., and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m., except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Akamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanaris Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai every, every Sunday of the month at our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Hawaii, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Midanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you decide to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We have all won victories in one way or another.
2: Yes, viewers. We should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet, and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I pray, viewers, my sermon, God's Choice, will serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him. The question arises, what kind of man does God use? Without doubt, God's measuring rod is different compared to ours. God has the ability to look into the inner hearts of men and see what we cannot see. God does not choose men for their wisdom as men count wisdom. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, 27-28, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Not because there is virtue in being weak, but human weakness magnifies strength. God is the only one who can take what the world cannot see, and put its strongest to flight. Verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. There is no place for human pride in the presence of God. First, God uses a man who has intestinal fortitude, one who is not afraid. However, the Bible tells us there is fear that is good. Read Deuteronomy 613 to 15. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He goes on to say in Revelations 1:18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold... I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. But there is a fear that brings torment and causes one to disobey God. Read in Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Therefore, the man whom God chooses must be able to conquer both his fear of men and his fear of failure. Thus we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In 1 Samuel 17, we read of a young man who stood up to the giant Goliath. While all the armies of Israel hid in their tents, afraid to show their faces, David had been sent there by Jesse's father to bring victuals to his brothers who were with the army. As David brought the food to his brothers, the giant Goliath began to insult the children of Israel. But David defied Goliath, reading 1 Samuel 17, 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth his Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the arms of the living God? Now Eliab, David's older brother, heard what David had said and with a sneer mocked him. Reading in verse 28, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with who hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of, of thine heart. For thou art come down, that thou mightest see the battle. However, we find that David never let the accusation of his brother, nor the size of the giant, scare him. There are three reasons why David was not afraid. First, David had spiritual insight, which he received from God while shepherding the sheep. In verse 29, David said, What have I done? Is there not a cause? Eliab had made fun of his younger brother in front of the soldiers, but David controlled his temper and answered quietly. This victory over himself was greater than his conquest of Goliath. He had the spiritual insight to see there was something greater that was transpiring rather than just a confrontation with a giant. He detected that it was a struggle between good and evil and the situation was warranted a champion. David had the spiritual vision to see what needed to be done. We read Proverbs 29, 18, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It is easy in these perilous times to lose one's spiritual vision, to be caught looking at the problem and the difficulty and not at the size of our Savior's power. The Lord spoke to the church at Laodicea. We read Revelation 3, 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold, try it in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see. The city of Laodicea was famous for its school of medicine, where eye doctors had discovered a wonderful salve that cured a kind of blindness. The Lord spoke to those people in a way that they should have understood if they so desired. Today, many in the church need their eyes anointed so they may have spiritual vision. By the Holy Ghost, spake Isaiah is the prophet unto the fathers. We read Acts 28, 26, 27. Go unto these people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing he shall see and not perceive. For the heart of these people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull, full of, of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with the ears and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Secondly, David had spiritual hindsight. He told the story that while he was watching his father's sheep, there came a lion and a bear, and they took a lamb out of the flock, let us read 1st 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-five. And he went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The Goliaths of this world have killed a lot of God's people because they never learned how to handle the lions and the bears that were a part of their lives. they learned what it was like to live a victorious life through the Lord. When time came for him to defend Israel, he was ready lastly david had spiritual foresight not try to try to use saul's armor that was not god's way for david his slung shot that had served him well when defending his sheep would be sufficient for this task as well he picked up five smooth stones and the philistine goliath looked upon david with disdain read the 42nd to the 45th verses and when the philistine looked about and saw david he disdained him For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. To do anything in the name of the Lord means to do it entirely for his honor and pleasure, free of any and all selfish motives. David did not fight Goliath in order to get the rewards by Saul, but only to prove the reality and power of the living God whom the Philistines had despised. The Lord delivered Goliath into David's hand. We see that God certainly uses a man who has intestinal fortitude. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5:8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Today God is looking for men who will be totally committed to him. In John chapter 6, the story is told that Jesus had journeyed over the Sea of Galilee, and a great multitude followed him because they saw or heard the miracles he performed. There were many there that needed help. Jesus went into the mountains and sat with his disciples. And when he lifted his eyes, he saw a great company coming in his direction. He knew they had been in that region a long time and needed victuals. Jesus spoke to Philip, read John 6, 5, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. It is easy to look at a problem at our, our human supply and say that what we have is not sufficient to meet the need. There was a lad that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, bought to the Lord. Andrew was the one that mingled with the multitude, and while doing so found a young boy who had bought his lunch with him. What he had was not enough for the multitudes. Jesus took the five loaves, the two small fishes, and as he blessed these victuals, he began to break them. He gave the broken pieces to the disciples who were to pass the food out to the multitude. When their hunger was pacified, the Lord spoke, let us read John 6, 12 to 14, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. In other words, save the leftovers, we have to use them again. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that profit that should come to the world. Sometimes the Lord wants us to bless us, but cannot because we are still holding on to something from him. Listen to Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. The reason God did not bless some people is because their giving of tithes and offerings was too little or too short. The Word of God says the Lord will bless in direct proportion to one's gift. read Paul's Word to us in 2 Corinthians 8, 12 and 14. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. But by an equality that now that this time your abundance may be self-supplied for their want that their abundance also may be a supply for your wants, that there may be equality. God loves a cheerful giver. The mark of generosity is the act of doing more than is expected of you. There lived the Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was among the best of men in his community, and much was expected of him at that time. He was truly a religious man. He had attained great heights in the study of religion and in living a strict, devout life. Thus, he had been a member of the select group called the Sanhedrin, which was virtually a religious Supreme Court. However, he realized being religious was not good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. He needed to be born again. There are many men today like Nicodemus. They live good, clean lives. They serve well in civic life. They are honest in business. They are good to their families. They even go to church and contribute to worthy causes. But let me tell you, TV viewers, that is not enough. You can't rest your hope of entering heaven upon your own goodness or works. Read that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and the Lord spoke to Nicodemus about the new birth. Listen to John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. As we see Nicodemus coming to Jesus, we should also see a similar picture, which would include the entire human race instead. Nicodemus came by night because anyone caught consorting with Jesus was cast out of the synagogue. Hence, there is here is Nicodemus, the religious leader who slipped out under the cover of darkness to see Jesus. Under his long robe, there was a heart which was hungry for something better than what he had. Surely Nicodemus was not satisfied with the rites and ceremonies in which he participated. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have religion, position, and power, but unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. A man in this world may see the great sights of it, but if he has never been born again, he will never see the kingdom of God. As you read in John 3:3, Jesus answered and said unto him, that is Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What kingdom was Jesus talking about? There is a mineral kingdom where it finds all manner of stones and jewels, but God's kingdom outshines even that. There is a vegetable kingdom where one finds exotic trees, plants, and flowers, but God's kingdom will be filled with beauty even beyond that. Then there is an animal kingdom as well. However. Jesus had the following to say to Nicodemus, as you read in John 3:5, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, he reads, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now Nicodemus had never heard anything like this before. When Jesus used the word born, Nicodemus could think of nothing but physical birth. Thus he questioned, how can these things be? I am an old man, can I go back into my mother's womb the second time and be born? With all his religious background, one can see that Nicodemus didn't understand the spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual one, as you find in John 3, 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearst the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit in saving men is like the wind. It is from heaven, though it cannot be seen and its power and work can never be fully understood, it can be heard. It is very powerful. And finally, it gives life. It is the breath of life which makes man a living soul. Thus we see that baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus charges his disciples with a great commission. We read in Mark sixteen fifteen to 16. And he said unto them, Go into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Peter confirms this by saying, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also save us. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse. Without proper baptism, it will be impossible to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection set the precedents for the salvation of mankind. The most essential element of water baptism is that it be consummated in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without his name, all water baptism is null and void. One who is born can't be unborn. I was born of my father and my mother, and I'll always be their child. Since I am born of water and of the Spirit, I'll always be the child of God. He has the power to save and keep. Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. And that, my friends in the viewing audience, is the gospel of the kingdom of God in a nutshell. Now, let's refocus upon our message, God's choice. There are many interesting stories in the life of Israel. One of them is when they cross over the Jordan River. God performed a miracle at the crossing of the Jordan, as he did at the crossing of the Red Sea. Oh, the Israelites passed over on dry ground, which was a miracle indeed. However, they immediately ran against the walled city of Jericho. Israel was not prepared to knock the wall down, much less defeat Jericho. But Joshua was instructed by God to tell the people to start marching and to march once each day and seven times on Sunday. Listen to Joshua 6, 4, 5. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seven days shall compass the city seven times and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass, that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when they hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven times. The number seven is found repeatedly in scriptures. It is the number of divine perfection and of completeness. I'm sure the people of Jericho found it amazing to see the Israelites marching around the world day after day. You can almost hear the laughter. What do they think they are going to do? Choke us to death from the dust from stomping their feet? It is easy for us to want victory when we have done only part of the job or have marched only half the required amount. We must march all the way to gain the complete victory. The central truth here is that spiritual victories are won by means and upon principles utterly foolish and inadequate in the view of human wisdom. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As children of God, we know how to march around the walls with our prayers. We know how to line up leaders in every department, choir, band, and orchestra. We know how to say amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We know how many times to march in order to break down the walls of sin. And if the walls of unbelief does not fall, it is because we have forgotten how to shout the voice of triumph. Therefore, after you have completed marching, let your trumpets sound and shout with a great shout for the Lord your God has given you the victory. Don't give up. Keep on marching and look for the high calling of Christ Jesus. While here on earth, we must begin to live and complete and perfect Christian life through the power of Christ. For the life we shall know in heaven as well. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. On to our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now our church band will end another sweet hour of fellowship with his tune entitled... Oh, how I love Jesus.